Today's podcast is brought to you by TheEngagedInvestor.ca, helping you find and present to joint venture partners. Get your free video training right now at EngagedInvestor.ca forward slash breakthrough. Hi, this is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 42. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again, all worked up about some more real estate talk, is Randy Sandy McKay. Randy? Yeah. What does Randy mean? You're Randy about some real estate talk. Okay. I like that one. When do you come up with these? You come up with these like on the spot or no? I, come on, couldn't come up with that one on the spot. I put some, real, these, eh? <laughs> put some real thought into that one. <laughs> that my was wife, a good one. I, my wife's like, eh, I don't know. Nobody's <laughs> gonna laugh at that. I said, yeah, they will. So I guess we'll find out. John, was that funny? That was not funny. No, funny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how's life treating you, Sandy? Uh, really good, man. Uh, everything's good. Uh, we're working on a couple projects in Hamilton, and uh, it's, I'm busy. <laughs> it's good, though. What are the couple projects you're working on? Well, we got f- three, four-unit properties, actually. One, two of them we're closing on in a week, so we're just kind of getting things prepared. And the other one is kind of been demoed. It was a big project. It's been demoed, and then we're doing starting to get working on the finishings now. Okay. So probably a month and a half to two months still, probably till that one's finished. These other two starting, so busy. Wow. That sounds like a lot of work, actually. Mm-hmm. They'll be nice properties, so we're excited. And what are you going to do? Hang on to them? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on to all of them. So you're going to have three fourplexes. Yep. Nice. That's yep. great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You? Me? I'm just... I'm looking for the next deal, I guess, to to pick up for myself. We just finished up the three that I was working on, three on the go, two. It was still a lot of work, you know. I was it was tough to fit in the real estate agent stuff at the same time. So now I'm mm. going to focus on that a little bit, and that'll be good, I think. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And I am also very excited about today's guest, John Kim, who. Sandy just 14 months ago had zero rental properties. And now he has seven duplexes, two rent owns, and uh, and two more properties pending close. Awesome. So, yeah, in 14 months. It's very impressive. So, uh, welcome, John. Thank you for having me, guys. How are you today? I'm doing good. It's a good day to buy properties. It's not <laughs> raining. It's not raining. It doesn't matter. Rain, <laughs> sunshine. Um, 
there's uh, every day is a good day to buy more properties. Yeah, <laughs> nice. You got to be tired after all that. That's a lot of work for the last year or a year and a bit. You know, it's it's funny. I I, I stay up till three o'clock in the morning, and I you know not not because I want to make money. It's just because I'm just so hyped and pumped up uh, about you know investing in properties. I never uh-huh. I never thought that I'd I'd be this excited about buying properties, but it just keeps me up. Nice. And then we're going to talk more about that. That's great. I'm actually really anxious to hear all of this story. All right, so as always, we want to recommend everyone go pick up our free gift, the 7 Freedom Activators. You can trigger in your property starting right now. That's available on our website, BreakthroughREAPodcast.ca. Totally free and lots of value, I think, in there for everyone to enjoy and learn from, profit from, put into action with their properties or or just kind of get things started and learn how to go about uh, managing, finding, renting a property. A lot of good value in there. It's all free, so go grab it. And also, uh, one more thing that I want to say is we don't talk about this very much, but you can also reach us uh, at info at BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. So if anyone just wants to email us, they can get us that way. But if you go over and sign up for the 7 Freedom Activators, you will be put on our mailing list. And so that's uh, really good, too. So everyone go over and check that out. Yeah, and you know, I, I guess we should mention we should mention the email a little bit more. Eh? I mean, people can reach out to us. If you have any recommendations for the show, We've had some really good recommendations through that. Just let us know. I mean, we're always looking for what you guys want to hear. You know, you can reach out and ask us anything about real estate. I mean, we're here to help out. And, of course, we want to recommend you to go rate and review us on iTunes. It's another way that helps us bring you more valuable content. Uh, leave us a five-star rating if you enjoy the show. Let us know about it and let others know what we're all about. Uh, it, that really helps us grow the show, helps us reach more people and get people for the show, better guests. And so we really want to recommend to go do that. Really appreciate everyone who's already done that. Uh, we're forever grateful. Yeah, and uh, again, speaking of five-star reviews, I've got we've gotten three more since last time we did a show, so I'm going to read those oh, nice. right now. Yeah, So five stars, Glenn Perry says, I love it. I'm a university student living in Victoria, BC. I learned a ton from this podcast. It is really shaping my views on real estate, and I am sure it will serve me well in the future. Thank you for putting it together. You guys are great. First Wave 2112 says, a great variety of learning. I've been using this podcast to help sculpt my knowledge of the Canadian real estate investing industry and narrow down the strategies that are conducive to my goals. I am thoroughly impressed with the variety of information and resources these two guys have made available to an aspiring investor like myself. An awesome podcast! Exclamation point. And uh, one more. This one is from Mississauga Dan. He says, Excellent source for Canadian real estate investors. This is an excellent podcast with a Canadian perspective and relevant knowledge of the Canadian market. I've gone through the entire lineup and have multiple episodes saved, which I am constantly listening to for reference. Inspiring content that forces you to take action and get started in real estate investing. Just two points for improvement. Need some better audio recording equipment, which is absolutely true. Especially when we have people as guests on phones. Sorry, that was my little interjection there. Because I know we do have some pretty bad audio at some points. We will we will clean that up for sure. We're looking into it. Sometimes the guests are louder and clearer, so it makes it difficult to follow the whole conversation when you can't quite hear the host speaking. Also, needs more editing. For example, on the last episode, I heard some blowing their nose. <laughs> uh, but other than that, great content. 
More than one episode a month would be great. I understand you are both busy. So that was good. Well, because some constructive criticism. That's okay, too. We'll take it. You know what? That was... I, I Remember I called you, Sandy, after that came out, and I said, I have yeah. no idea how I missed that. I'm blowing my nose on the show. So I, I, I believe you put up uh, one where I've edited that out. So I think I did. No, one, so... no one else gets to hear that. <laughs> I, was very, I was very sick that week, but I still did the show. Okay, so everyone, thanks for all those reviews, and keep them coming. Love to hear what you guys think. I actually have a tip of the day, Sandy. All right. And uh, this is something that I've come across a couple times here. I think it's worth mentioning. So if you're adding a second suite to a house and you've, you've bought a house with baseboard heat and you're planning on converting it to gas, you should consider doing all of the HVAC before you apply for your permits to register and add the second unit. Because we've run into this a few times. And once you've put in your application, now they want hvac system for each unit Mm -hmm. and that's something where now you may be required to install two completely separate heating systems but if you convert to gas first put in your one furnace and uh, have that up and running then most likely you can use the quote-unquote existing furnace for both units and it's a little bit annoying when uh, i know there's a couple of clients that i've been working with and they run right in and get their application started and then they want to switch over from baseboard to gas, and they find out, no, now you've got to do two, a lot of extras. Yeah, yeah, a lot of extras and two furnaces and two systems. It's just something to look into, something to think about. I don't know. Have you ever run into that problem, John? No, but you know, um, I've got a property that that has electric uh, electric baseboards, and I've been looking into solar panels actually. And uh, one of my tenants is actually a he installs uh, commercial solar panels. And I had a conversation with him. Uh, he told me about twenty-five thousand to $30,000 investment. You can make up your cost in about six years. And these solar panels actually last about 20 years. So, you know, after six years, you're, you're in the money. Now, do those solar panels actually generate the power for your house? No. No, so they don't. It, it's yeah, it's a separate right. unit. So the elect- electricity that you're consuming from the gov- uh, from the from puck um, uh, you pay your normal bill as normal. The solar panel generates electricity, and you actually put it into the grid, and you get paid right. uh, paid by the, uh, the the utility company. So there are two separate things. You know, you still have to. It's nothing's changed in terms of utilities for your property. It's just your property is now generating extra income through the solar panels. See, I'd be a lot more interested in doing that, and not to say it's a bad idea. I haven't done my research on it, but. I'd be a lot more interested in doing it if I could power my own house with the solar panels. You know? Well, it's essentially it's the same thing. Well, right? I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, it sounds interesting. It's something to look into. I haven't looked into it very much. But, uh, I mean, if you can recoup those kind of costs, that sounds like it's well worth it. Well, you know, <clears throat> just a last comment on the solar panels. Uh, I know there is some kind of uh, program these companies have where they will put up the free solar panels up on your roof and offer you three three thousand dollars across 20 years and after 20 years uh, that solar panel becomes yours i looked into that and that's uh, kind of silly because after these solar panels are are manufactured for a life of 20 years right. so basically they give you three thousand dollars and after 20 years when it becomes yours it's virtually useless right 
if you have electric baseboard uh, properties, so having solar panels, uh, you know, installed on your property and expensing the the, the twenty five thirty thousand dollars is an expense. Mm-hmm. It actually, I think, it actually appreciates your property because you know when someone, an investor or homeowner, comes into the property wanting to buy it, you know, you got a equipment up there that's going to generate income for you. Hmm. Makes sense, yeah. Well, John, why don't we get into your interview then? Sounds like we're almost doing that already. Sure. Tonight's guest is John Kim. Like I said before, he went from zero properties about 14 months ago to now having uh, what, roughly I don't know, 11, nine, properties. 11 properties. So that's a very impressive stunt. I'm going to call that a stunt. So a little bit about John. He graduated from university with a commerce and economics degree. He has been married for 21 years. So you have uh, two kids, 15 and 17. You have a boy and a girl, right? That's correct. Which, which is which? Uh, 15 is the girl and 17 is my son. Okay. It says here you somehow ended up in IT, so you're not really sure exactly how that happened. No, because, you know, I, I graduated from uh, University of Toronto. Yeah. Um, I was going to uh, pursue my career as a uh, charter accountant, but it just... It wasn't for me, you know. I, I saw the personality of a an accountant, and my my personality is more, you know. I I'm a people person. Not not to say that uh, when you get into IT, it's a people person. It just that's where it ended up. It, it was weird uh, how how it unfolded, but I've been in IT ever since. Yeah. So now you've been doing it for 22 years, and it sounds like you enjoy that as well. No, I love my job. I, I can't believe they pay me for what I do, and. Uh, <laughs> Same thing with this real estate. You know, I, I, don't, I really don't do it for money, but it's a great source of income, that's for sure. So, yeah, and like you mentioned, you have a good career and you're doing well financially. So why did you decide to get into real estate investing? Well, at certain points in our lives and our marriage and all that, we've lost our jobs a couple of times. You know, I don't like living in fear of losing your job. And you're also in this rat race. I, I, I enjoy my job today, but I, never, I, I didn't always enjoy my job. Every day you wake up, you got, you got to get the kids ready, drive to school, go to work, come back, you're exhausted. Uh, I want to try to get out of that. And there's many more reasons why uh, you would want to create some kind of a passive income. Uh, I mean, my, my wife and I, we threw the idea of getting around uh, into real estate back in 2013-14. But, you know, because, of, uh, because we're caught in this rat race, we never really pursued it. We knew it was a good idea, you know, to generating passive income and adding a sense of security to our finance and also securing your retirement. And, you know, the, my kids are getting a little bit older and I got to I got to serve up the money for their university, which is going to cost about twenty, twenty five thousand dollars a year. So, uh, you know, real estate was a form of generating great passive income. And they each need cars and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Drinking money. <laughs> well, especially with especially with the daughter, right? They 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 love shoppers' drug mart. They love uh, they love shopping. <laughs> you got to yeah. have that extra money. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you guys talked about it a few years ago, but didn't get into it. So, at that point, did you start re- doing research on real estate investing, or did you uh, just jump right in head first? Like, how did it all come about then? Well, I think back in, I think, early part of 2014 uh, or latter part of 2013, my, la- my wife actually lost her job. And uh, uh, having a conversation previous to losing her job, 
uh, we thought it was a perfect opportunity uh, to get into real estate. My wife uh, had the extra time. Uh, she started doing some, uh, you know, Google searches about investment properties, and we uh, landed on this uh, course called Rich Dad. Uh, I guess uh, early part of 2014, we attended the their free seminar um, and got lured into pointing up 500 bucks for just for a bigger bait, basically. And we ended up actually paying an additional twenty thousand dollars for courses, um, you know, offered by Rich Dad. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know what? I'll, I'll, honestly speaking, I have absolutely no regrets whatsoever because if I didn't pony up that twenty thousand bucks, I wouldn't be where I am. So I actually thank Rich Dad. Did I learn anything from Rich Dad? Um, learned a little bit. I didn't even know what they were talking about. Uh, so it really, you know, did it help me? No, it didn't really help me in terms of knowledge. It's it's stuff that you can pick up in a book. So you're talking about it more as like an accountability thing since you've spent that money. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, basically with real estate, it, it's uh, both feed in. Uh, you know, you can talk about it all you want. You're not going to generate no passive income buff just by talking about it. you got to basically say, okay, I'm gonna, I want to do this and get your two feet into to real estate investing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with uh, spending $20,000, uh, $20, um, I felt like uh, if I didn't do anything, I no, that, that was the driving force, really. Yeah, I guess it doesn't. It, it probably wouldn't feel all that great, you know. Wife loses her job, and then you go out and spend twenty grand. Don't really make any use of it. Yeah, John, can you walk us through a little bit about your first deal? Well, my first deal was um, an RTO, rent to own investment. Um, we closed that property, uh, which was our first property in March of 2015. It's great cash flow, but it didn't really make me feel like an investor. It wasn't all that exciting, but you know, nevertheless, very happy because it uh, more than paid for the Rich Dad Poor Dad course. However, our, my real first property, I closed in May of 2015. Uh, it's, and you know, after purchasing that property, I, I felt like, hey, okay, this, this is good. You know, I, I, it's an investment property. It's a property that I can actually call my own. They are rent to own if that deal uh, goes from uh, start to finish. You know, the, the, the tenants will take over that property and it's not really your property. There's no sense of ownership there, but closing my first property, it was uh, it was pretty scary actually because uh, I wasn't uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I was basically trying to find a straight line in a circle. Didn't know who to talk to, what to do. So my wife and I we went out to meet uh, other investors, um, or look, we were in search for other investors, attending meetup groups, and talking to whoever we could find. So what attracted you to a rent-to-own in the first place then as your first investment? I think it's, uh, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, they had this course called Lease Options. Oh, okay. And um, that was the most familiar thing. And, you know, they talked about rent-to-own, and that's probably why we were leaning more towards rent-to-own. But, you know, after uh, doing the first deal, I, you know, I turned to my wife and I said, doesn't really feel like we're investors. <laughs> There's not really a, a property that we own. It's just a manage. It, it, rent to own is a great, great investment uh, strategy to, for cash flow. If you do a rent to own, I, I think you can generate anywhere between six hundred to a thousand dollars per month on cash flow, and at the end of three years, uh, you've got you know fifty to seventy thousand dollars lump sum cash, which is great. Mm-hmm. Did you purchase the property first, or did you find the tenant first for that rent to own? No, we found the tenant first, and then, I mean, there's different ways, different strategies of getting rent-to-own. I like the idea of finding the tenant and having the tenant 
find the property on their own mm-hmm. yeah. um, instead of forcing a tenant into a property. Yeah. Yeah, we hear that a lot. I would say if you were stuck with a property and didn't exactly know what to do with it or you wanted to start a rent-to-own with one of your own properties, that might be different. But there's a lot more things that need to fall into place if you're going out and you're buying the property first. But I think personally, I like having uh, rent-to-own in, in my portfolio. I've got two rent-to-owns and I plan on having a couple more rent-to-owns. It just It's a great source of cash flow. And uh, if I have one per year and you have one rent-to-own expiring, at least you have that lump sum of cash that mm-hmm. comes out every year. So what were some challenges you faced starting out, John? How did you overcome them? Oh, you know, I think going back to my first property, it's um, the scariest thing or the the most um, the biggest challenge for me was knowing end-to-end process, what to do, when, how, who to hire, who to go to or where to go to for your questions. It's just, just a feeling of loneliness uh, until you start joining like investor groups you know, we I did a lot of reading about legalization process, visiting the municipality website, uh, the landlord tenant board websites, talking to other investors. Uh, like I said, the uh, trying to get out to some of the meetup groups, going on tours, and slowly forming a team around you. And uh, you know, mortgage brokers, lawyers, real estate agents, etc. But it's you know, when you get your first property, I, I could relate to people that uh, you know are a little apprehensive about or. Uh, unsure about what to do with their first property because I was there not so long ago. It was just, what is it? Eight months ago, I had my first property mm-hmm. and uh, I knew what I, I, I was, uh, I was at a days. So wait a minute. So between the first deal and the second deal was, was six months. Well, okay. The, the first, uh, first uh, real property closed in May of 2014. I mean, 2015 which was about a year ago. Pretty really? much right about a year. Right. Yeah. So the next property that I purchased was closed in November of 2015. So after that, it was just, I was on a, on a rampage. You better buy a machine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I from there, I, I bought a property in December, January, February, nothing in March, um, three properties in April, and one property in May. Wow. John, are you generally uh, someone who like takes action really quickly like that, or is that kind of of something that you're typically like throughout your life, or is that something changed with real estate? No, you, you know, honestly speaking, I wasn't really even interested in real estate. My wife mentioned it, and I said, "Sure." You know, I was happy with my job, and you know, I was I, I couldn't believe they paid me for what I uh, what I did at work. But once my my wife got me started, she turned my wheel. That was it. You know what? It, it was in turbo. Or turbo motor, just I loved it so much. You know, I love every aspect, the good and the bad about real estate. You know, some people are people, people, uh, but I enjoy every aspect from the start, like searching for the property, purchasing. It's a thrill working with the tenants, dealing with the tenant issues. You know, at the end of the day, I've realized the part that I enjoy the most is tenanting the properties and seeing the smiles on and the smiling faces of young families going into the property. It doesn't matter whether they're young or not, but uh, they're excited about uh, when they're selected as the tenant. And that's, you know, gratifying. He's very enthusiastic, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love well, it. I, no, no, I, I, I love it. You know what? I'll tell you. Um, 
Honestly, Bill 140, it's, it's, you know, it's set out there to uh, provide affordable uh, housing for people. And really, th that's what it is. I, I love the fact that you're making money helping other people. Mm -hmm. What is Bill 140, John? Oh, Bill 140 is about, uh, well, I don't know the details. I, I knew when I was uh, studying it, <laughs> but it's, it's just, you know, a law that came out back in uh, 2014, was it? That uh, basically says, province basically said to municipality, you have to prov provide a certain number of, I guess, uh, affordable housing because, you know, there's populations growing, there's not enough houses. That allowed us, all of Ontario, but each municipality had unlimited time to adopt this bill anyways. Some of them still haven't done it, but... Well, their, um, their, their time is coming because, I mean, I believe the, I think they have to adhere to that Bill 140 pretty soon. I know there are certain municipalities that are against the bill, but uh, really they don't have a choice. That's why this is a great time to get, become an investor, uh, invest in properties. Yeah, and what it does essentially is allow you to add a second suite into a single-family home. Right. Right. And that's something you really like to do, isn't it? Oh, I enjoy it. You know what? I, I, like I said, in the beginning, it was all about creating passive income. But now, it's not about passive income. It just, I, I never realized how exciting it is. In fact, I feel like my job is getting in the way of um, this real estate and, you know, I'd rather be doing this full time than uh, getting involved with uh, my uh, my daily. Um, I guess uh, hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, yeah, I enjoy this real estate a lot more than my work, and I love my work. Uh, what types of properties do you invest in? Like, what things are you looking for when you're out digging for new properties? When I'm looking for new properties, I'm looking for properties that generate income. I know I never. Um, I never, I, I didn't, I said that money is not the important thing for me. I, but anytime anyone buys a property, it should cash flow because cash, uh, cash is king. The reason I say cash is king is because the, there's fluctuations in markets. The housing markets could go up, it could go down. But if you're cash flowing and it's generating cash, really the you're not solely dependent on the fluctuation of the market. So, I mean, the types of properties that I look for is, um, you know, it could be from turnkey to multi-unit properties. Uh, I was, I'm still looking for rent-to-own deals. Thinking uh, the last properties, I'm thinking about flipping it. Uh, uh, so flips, uh, single-family home, large. Uh, I even look for single-family homes, not even uh, not even to convert it to multi-units. But the thing is, at the end of the day, uh, the numbers have to work. It has to cash flow. If you're right. buying it. If you're buying a property and it doesn't cash flow, I don't care whether it's single or multi-unit, it's not worth purchasing that property. Uh, there's a lot of people that weigh in on uh, uh, mortgage pay down. The, the three areas that I look for is cash flow, mortgage pay down, and appreciation. And a lot of people weigh in on just two, which is the mortgage pay down and, and um, appreciation. And they, they neglect cash flow, but cash, it has to cash flow. I know in different markets, especially in Toronto, it's hard to cash flow in Toronto, but the appreciation is strong. It's one thing to say, you know, mortgage pay down and appreciation, that's great, right? And if then if the property carries itself, then that's one way to look at an investment. But we both know, we've been here for a while, and Sandy, it's the same out in Hamilton, that you can buy properties that are still cash flowing and cash flowing very well. So if you know those are out there, that's 
obviously the kind of thing that you should be looking for. You can't just go and buy whatever property somebody throws in front of you, especially when that's that's part of the excitement, right, John? You get to run the numbers and go, wow, look at this. This place actually, you know, I'm going to make three or four hundred dollars every month if I buy this one or this one over here. You know, it'll carry itself and it may do well with mortgage paid out and appreciation. But why not look over here where you got cash flow as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm impartial to the aesthetics of the property. Uh, it, it's got to be sturdy. It's got to be – you're not going to buy a property that's run down. But aesthetically, I really don't care. I mean, I've gotten – most of my properties are in Oshawa, and I'm getting quite quaint with Oshawa. And when I see a property, I already got numbers in my head. Uh, I know roughly how much uh, how much uh, rent I could – you know, generate with that property, and I plug into the, plug in the numbers, and if it's cash flowing, I don't care how it looks. That's a property for me because it's got a cash flow. There was this one time I was looking into a property over in London uh, because my son was going to go to Western University, and the property over there really cheap. The only problem with that is, you know, it cash flows well, but the appreciation is not very strong. You're going to have more of your mortgage uh, pay down. Again, you're going to have two out of the three important components. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're purchasing, when I'm purchasing property, when I'm looking at property, I don't get emotional. I don't care. I really don't care how much the price is, uh, what's inside. It's just a matter of what I think is going to be able to generate, the income that it's going to be able to generate. Once you don't need a, you don't need to go out there and buy a calculator. It's all the resources are out there on the Internet in terms of like calculating the land transfer tax, the legal fees, the typical legal fees is going to be $1,500 to $2,000. You got your search fees. Plug in your numbers. You got your property tax. You got your insurance and a mortgage mortgage calculator. They're all out there. Plug it in, and if the numbers work, that's a property for you. So now, and the thing is, because the market is so hot these days, you have to have a ceiling. You can't just say, "Well, you know, don't get emotional. It's five more thousand dollars. I can get this property." Mm-hmm. Now you have a ceiling, and if it goes past that, just say, "See, there's too many properties out there to be, uh, you know, uh, spinning your wheels on one property." Or killing yourself on one property. Yeah, if all of a sudden the purchase price goes up, because we are seeing a lot of bidding wars and stuff like that out here, and if the property prices go up, you need to know where it doesn't make sense anymore. Absolutely. And there are properties out there. There's People will be snoozing. You're just waiting for people to snooze or running out of money, one or the other. I was saying this to someone the other day. It's just that if all of us investors would band together and stop this madness of uh, the overbidding that's going on out here where properties are going for <laughs> for uh, 40 or 50 or 60 thousand dollars over asking price I feel like it's I feel like it, yeah, sure it's the uh, homeowners that are partly responsible but also the investors are still buying properties and granted I, well I would imagine from some of the uh, purchase prices that I've seen they're banking solely on appreciation when they're when whoever's getting these places is getting them so if it is an investor then that's got to be what they're doing but uh i think we should all band together and just say you know what nobody's allowed to like twenty thousand over that's the limit anyone breaks the rules i don't know we <laughs> we we repossess the house or something like that it belongs to our conglomerate now yeah uh, and it, it, it's it's hard enough that you know what you can't compete with homeowners because homeowners are willing to pay a higher price than an investor. But when you have investors competing against each other, it just drives up the price of, uh, you know, when, when you purchase a house, you got to be able to make the, you know, you purchase a house and you got to make money on the buy. 
You just have to. When I uh, all the per- properties that I purchased, I'm making money as I close. It's mm. and if people are driving up the price, you're you're killing the most important part of that deal is the appreciation. The the market's gonna go down, right? You can't purchase a house with two years of appreciation built in. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, I feel that they're they're gonna lose their money. Yeah, well, I mean, they might not. Again, it all depends. It's like there's no point in trying to time the market, but right now, the way that I see it is the prices are still going up. So, and people put this question to me all the time. The market's still going up, and they say, yeah, it's going to go down. Like, inevitably, it's got to go down, and and I agree with that statement, too. But when is it? Is it after we appreciate another 20% over the next, I don't know, two years? And then it goes, and then it drops down 10 or even 15%, or even if it's the whole 20%. You know what I mean? So, right. and, and long term, if you wait out that, again, I don't care if somebody tells me my house is worth $200,000 or, or, or $1. As long as it's still cash flowing, I'll just ride the wave and wait for it to go back up. If I'm ever planning on selling, which, you know, that's not my well, goal. You also, you also have to look into some urban planning. I mean, uh, I know Oshawa is a hot, hot municipality right now. Um, I think it's one, one of the reasons is um, they've got they've got the 4, 407 happening. They've got... Um, the GO station, the new GO station, they got the airport, uh, potential uh, airport, and health services, OPG, all these things are going to generate income and employment. And it's uh, that's one, uh, that's, uh, those are the strong reasons why I think Oshawa is doing so well. And it's going to keep on going. I know what goes up must come down, sure, but I don't think the down is uh, anywhere near. I love this kind of real conversation. How many places have you done where you've actually taken a single family home and turned it into legal two units? Uh, I'm working on one now, uh, which is a single family home, making two legal two units. I've got a couple more uh, that I need to close that I'll be doing uh, a legal two units. So I, you know, the ones that I will be doing about four. Okay. Okay. And so now or five or something like that. I don't know. Those kind of things require a lot of renovations, though. You, are you in there doing the work yourself? Well, for the big jobs, I think I will get the contractors. I'm trying to put a lot of sweat equity because I also want to learn. I enjoy it. I enjoy getting dirty. I enjoy doing every aspect of uh, investing in properties. It's just there, there's only so many things that I, I am able to do. Uh, so, I mean, and there's certain things regardless of whether you can do it or not. Uh, you know, you're you're talking about legal two units, and you don't want to mess around with the city. Uh, you got to get your building permit, especially electrician. Uh, you have to get a master electrician that can pull permits. Uh, you know, when you have an investment property, you as a owner of that property can't pull electrical permits. You have to get a, a master electrician to pull the permits to conduct the work. So, I mean, I try to get involved as much as I can. Because first of all, I enjoy it and save some money. Yeah, I guess. I guess if it's me, I don't save any money. <laughs> me neither. I really, <laughs> usually create problems. You know what? You know what? You're absolutely right, though. It's uh, there's you don't you don't save a lot of money, but um, the fact that I enjoy doing it, it's you know, it's not really. It's it is saving me a little bit of money. Oh, sure but, it is. Uh, I, I I also want to learn. I don't want to just buy properties and leave it at that. I I just want to go a little bit further. I think it does help going through at least uh, one or two renovations, being more involved too. Anyways, I, I think Rob, just because you can, 
you can learn, you can understand how the different challenges that a contractor will go through when you do hire them out, and I think you'll learn a lot doing it once or twice. Oh yeah, for sure, I would recommend, even if you're not doing the work, try and be on site as much as you can. The contractor might get sick of you looking over their shoulder, but definitely something that you want to do is get in there and learn, like John said. No, it's just even even the, you know, um, the initial legalization process, um, um, getting the architect in, going through, a, you know, uh, having, you know, working closely with the architect. He does the does the draft, uh, you know, the before and after. He takes that to the city. He 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 he, uh, he schedules uh, inspection and uh, gets permits. The whole process, like what I said from the beginning, what was. Uh, overwhelming was the end-to-end process and you every every investor should actually go through each and every process mm-hmm. at least once so he, he understands moving forward uh, what needs to be done you don't have to do it every single time so how do you manage to get financing for all these properties this is going to be one that people are really interested in because uh, that's a pretty amazing accomplishment with uh, 11 properties in basically the past year well, what I do is, um, and I largely, I work, uh, I started off with um, HELOC. Right. And, um, you know, with, with the HELOCs, I was able to, you know, you're able to get mortgages. But, it, it, you know, you, I guess we should actually break that down, too, a little bit. When you say HELOC, what are you talking about? I'm talking about line of credit uh, against uh, your property, if you if you have HELOC. That's, uh, there's definitely different ways of finding ways of purchasing properties. The way I started was because I had a fair amount of uh, line of credit. I was able to leverage that line of credit against uh, the equity on my home. Right. Uh, so purchasing for a property, but it's it's not only about purchasing properties. You can't. There's you, when people buy a home, they can go to a mortgage broker, but not every mortgage brokers are the same. You can go to the bank and say, "Listen, I'm interested in." purchasing this property, uh, an investment property, and they'll, they'll, they'll give you the first mortgage. But if they don't understand what you're doing, they're going to stop you pretty short of, you know, sh- short of three, three, four properties, not even three, four properties. Uh, so you, you have to find a mortgage broker that understands investing. Mm-hmm. The other methods I use in getting properties is, uh, you, you know, eventually your line of credit is going to, you're, you're going to run out. And what you can do is go get involved in joint venture to diversify. So you're uh, you're basically it's it's almost like in stocks you, you don't you don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? If you if you diversify, you can buy a little bit more and you can get more properties. If one property goes down or something happens to that property, uh, you're not losing everything. Another way is you know once you buy properties, there's you can do refinancing and, and trying to pull the equity that's built uh, that you were able to build. Uh, in, in that property, like I like to say a lot, a lot of this, but I've only been in this for 14 months, and surprisingly, even so, I built up quite a bit of equity um, on my properties already. But uh, I'm thinking like four, uh, two, three years even from now, the amount of equity that's going to be generating those prop uh, in those properties, you refinance them, and if you don't want to refinance them, you know, go to the bank and get a HELOC on those things, and then it, it will it'll give you more cash. And you know what's funny when you were talking about joint venture partners, it wasn't that long ago too. myself when someone would mention a joint venture partner, you just kind of think, man, like that seems unreal. That doesn't really even make sense. Who would want to invest their money with me? 
and then you quickly realize that someone with a little bit of education, a little bit of knowledge behind them, someone that's went out there and, and done those things, that's another good reason to get out there and know what you're talking about, not just have a general contractor take care of everything, but learn the processes and have some knowledge. And that way, when you're talking to joint venture partners about potentially teaming up, you've got something behind you, you know, something to show them. You know, joint venturing with another person on a property, it's more than it's more than just partnering up on a property. Uh, this is probably why this, you know, this real estate is so exciting for me, is that every day, um, I, you know, rarely do I go through a day without talking to one of my joint partners. And it's just a conversation. There's always a conversation. I mean, if you could do it with your wife, um, your partner, which is good, uh, but there's only so much you're going to talk about without getting into an argument, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But a joint venture partner, I, and I, I make it clear, I make it pretty clear to my joint venture partners is it's all about honesty and transparency. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can't uh, trust and respect each other, it's just going to go south. So. But it's it's getting into a joint venture uh, or partnership with somebody. It's exciting, and it should be exciting. But you also have to be careful because you might be uh, partnering up with the wrong person. Well said, John. What motivates you? What gives you inspiration and drive? Uh, apart from making money, uh, <laughs> I, I, I literally enjoy every aspect of investing in properties. It's the thrill of looking for properties. Uh, Putting in a purchase offer, accepting a deal, renovation process, property management, dealing with tenants, the accounting, working with numbers, absolutely everything. That's what that's what drives me. And, you know, uh, helping people, doing tenant interviews. I, I love everything. So so it's actually the deal itself that motivates you. Uh, yeah. You know, once it's all done, it's almost like you want more. It's almost like a drug, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, once it's gone, you want to do another one, and yeah. that's that's how I got so many properties. It's just it's so exhilarating. It's great, and you're making money. So you need to offer this drug to a lot of my clients. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know if you if you focus just on the money, I don't know how it works for other people. For me, I don't. I've never pulled a single penny out of this investment, and uh, I don't even know how much money is in there. All I know is I, I see the numbers going up. That's all I know. And, and it's uh, but the thing is, I don't I don't focus on that. I focus on all the my I focus on my next conversation with my joint partner. I, I, when I focus my um, you know I make a lot of meetings with my team. You know when I when I say the team, I'm talking about the lawyer, mortgage brokers, my uh, JV partners. You know everybody. It's exciting. It's you're you're making your own job. It's uh, how great is it working for yourself? Mm-hmm. No one telling you what to do and how much to make. It's all up to you. Yeah, it is wonderful to not have somebody say, this is how much you're worth an hour, and that's it. <laughs> I love hearing that, actually, by the way, too, because it, it, you can sense the passion, eh? And it's uh, it's tough to just be motivated by money. I don't think anyone really can be truly motivated only by money. There's got to be something else to it. So uh, that was a great answer. I loved hearing that. Yeah, you know, uh, just one more comment. I, and I've said this to my wife and everyone else. You know, if I didn't worry about paying expenses, I'd actually do this for free. This is how <laughs> this is how exciting this is, though. It's it's how you make it exciting for yourself. It's a, it's all up to you. If you want to get into real estate investing, you know what? Put two feet in, get involved, and you're going to realize how exciting this is when you you know meeting people. I don't, you know, I go out on some of these uh, property, I guess, uh, investor property tours, not to purchase houses. 
just to meet people and how engage in conversation of what they're doing because there's you know there's so much to learn i've only been in this 14 months and i've got a lot more to learn but i with whatever i learned i'm able to share that and it, you know what being able to share that with other people is exciting I'm going to put in a crowd cheer right there. Right there. Don't, you so, like have a, don't you have like a crowd cheer button? No, I just no, I, I need one because that would be in the spot to use it right there. I love meeting people and anyone that expresses an interest in real estate investing. And I was just out this um, this weekend, I guess, for Mother's Day, and I was talking to my brother-in-law, and you know, and, and my sister-in-law, and. Uh, you know about real estate investors saying that you guys you guys can do this it's really it's really easy and it, it's not hard if I can do it you can do it and I can you know all you need is some good mentor that has your interest and anyone can do this it's so easy very good advice I love that see that's that's the kind of motivation that we need right I would say it's it's uh, it's it is it's I, I always say it's simple not not necessarily easy. You do have to put in some work, right? Right. It's I definitely think, simple, though. I think the first uh, first two months is difficult. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If it took me fourteen months to get eleven properties, you know, and I'm not the smartest guy, and and you don't have to be smart in this thing at all. You just have to say, hey, this, you know, this makes money. Let's go buy it. That's that's what it is, basically. I, I mean. Uh, mind you, I think I have all my eggs in one basket. I've, you know, invested mostly in Oshawa. That's because I'm more familiar with Oshawa. And wherever you invest, you have to be familiar with the municipality or the area. You know, you can talk to the real estate agent, say, "Hey, what's the rent like? What's the what's the property value like?" You know, you have to get comps all over the place. But once you, once you get uh, your feet wet, it's you know, you can move around quite a bit. So is that your plan then? Diversify, move out to some different areas, type of thing. Yeah, um, but the thing is, I still love Oshawa. Oshawa is awesome. Um, but uh, you know what? As as good as it is, you have to spread your eggs around. You know what's funny is, I don't know if you guys know this, but on the cover of Canadian Real Estate Wealth magazine this month, there's actually a quote on the front that says, why Oshawa should be your next uh, investment location. Yeah, That's actually, good. I saw that. That's actually, I got, I got it right here, which is the May-June issue. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, and you know, in there, it will you why Oshawa and one of the things is OPG they're they're increasing the workforce uh, there is the um, what you call the airport that they're planning on building there that's going to create traffic um, you know more employment you got the go station which is going to um, again um, help people you know work downtown you've got the 407 for ease of commute like there's a lot of things coming in and the health services are increasing here which is generating more jobs so if there's more jobs there's going to be more people living here it's going to just you know people are going to need to live somewhere and i know there's some new development happening uh up on um the east north of uh oshawa of uh you know you know four big builders uh, building so many properties John is also a paid spokesperson for the city of Oshawa. Right. <laughs> well, where's your business going, John, in the future? Uh, do you look out in the future and have any plans for it, or what's your thoughts? Where, where's it going? Yeah, so, I mean, well, well, I plan on moving forward. I I, uh, I want to keep on buying more properties, and I don't care how I do it. Uh, you know, I'm going to find means. Eventually, I'm going to l- run out of my uh, line of credit, but that, that's not going to stop me. I'm going to look for other investors. I mean, I, I plan on uh, getting about, you know, uh, 
a few more RTOs and without my money, and I'll just be a JV with someone else uh, investing into it. But eventually, you know, with all these properties, uh, I think it's going to get it to, it's it's um, basically a doctor process. I think starting up a property management company uh, within the next couple of years and uh, start that up. And, um, you know, every time I get a little bit more money, refinance, get uh, get more money and buy more properties, keep on going. Yeah, because eventually the thought of managing all these properties yourself isn't going to be all that thrilling. You may like it now, but when when <laughs> when you're doing, I mean, geez, even even with uh, what you got now, what uh, s- five duplexes and five duplexes? No, nothing. No, well, five do no six duplexes, seven duplexes. I don't know. Um, I think <laughs> no, I think I think seven. I think seven, and then three I have to convert, and then two are just RTOs. But um, yeah, but I, I love doing this. I love. You know what? I, I, I wish I told my wife, I, you know, I live in Richmond Hill, but um, I told my wife I, I need to get a place over in Nashville because uh, I can't keep on commuting. It's it's killing me. And I, I'm, I'm always there. I want to be there. <laughs> yeah. So but uh, but at the same time, I guess there there is a point where where no matter how much you love it, there's still a little bit too much to handle. Yeah. So that property management uh, company does seem like a logical step in the right direction for you, too. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? You can make money with that, too. You know, you offer your property management uh, services to other investors uh, that have, you know, just a few uh, few properties that, and they're quite remote. And, uh, you know, whatever whatever's going to generate more cash. All right. What advice do you have for someone just getting started in real estate? Well, this is the exciting part. Uh, you know, I, th- I don't think anyone should underestimate themselves. They really, uh, they really, they really shouldn't because they can do it. Uh, if I've done it. If I can do it, believe me, uh, you can do it too. Uh, and you know, like I said, when I started, I started with uh, ground zero, knowing nothing. And uh, even though. Uh, even though I've been doing the, even though I got 11 properties on, I still don't know a lot. I, but what, with whatever I know today, uh, it is working for me, and I, I am positive cash flowing on every single one of my properties. Now, all you need to do is you you need to get out there and uh, join um, um, meetup groups, meetup investor groups, and and you know surround yourself around investors and ask uh, tons of questions uh, and look for um, get out there, look for. Look at properties and do whatever you need to do to get out the to, to get the time of the time with these investors. Just talk to anybody, right? To, to talk to any investors and try to form a, a relationship with the, the investors and and you know pick their brain. But the best thing is uh, look for you know when you find an investor, maybe they could be a mentor for you, and uh, you know uh, they'll help you a long way. It's just maybe you might have to take them out to dinner or lunch or something like that. But you know what? It's well worth it. This has been an amazing show, John. I'm super happy that you came on. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking this time out. It's been awesome. I love it. I feel like this is an extremely motivating episode. Can't wait to get it out there. I know everyone else is going to love it, too. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Well, you, they, they can email me, and I'd be more than happy to help out where I can. You know, I, I, like I said, uh, I don't know a lot, but uh, with whatever I know, should uh, you know, it can help people get started at least, right? But they can uh, reach me on my email at john underscore kim at rogers dot com. And that's J. That's J O H N, correct? That's J O H N underscore K I M at rogers dot com. You know, you keep saying that you don't know a lot, but you actually know, you know, you're you're selling yourself short. 
you've learned a lot in a short time. Oh no, I mean, you know what? I know what I know what I know, and it's serving me uh, serving me well. Uh, when we're looking for a property, especially when we enter into a property, somebody uh, presents a property to me, and I go into the property. Well, some of the things I, I like to uh, share with people is some of the things that I look for is you know I look at the foundation of the property, the the walls, uh, the grading. You know, you should be looking at the age of the roof. Uh, you know, um, the the driveway mm. width, right? Um, you're looking for water damage, separate pathways for the two units. Uh, the, the height is sealing into the base. And you know what? This is one thing I want to, uh, I'd like to share on this podcast is I know that uh, most investors know that the ceiling height needs to be six feet seven, right? Well, so you're talking about in a basement unit, there's a certain height requirement for a fire code. Yeah. Right. For a fire code. It's, uh, That's it's, Ontario wide generally. Yeah. Right. right. But yeah. some of the things that people don't know is, uh, you know, sometimes they have bulkheads, right? Like a like a beam and, coming down the center of the yeah and and it's below it's below the six seven requirement, but you know you can actually use that beam as a wall and uh, if you if you do a cutout for a door the height only needs to be six feet two. I, I you know what that's good advice I, I recommend that uh, everyone just check into validated. that yeah validate yeah, yeah, that yeah, for yeah. sure and uh, and I know I've heard that too but I've yet to validate that myself but that's something that's a game changer it really is if if uh, I mean for what I'm doing that's definitely a game changer right I mean yeah I actually you should get it validated and you know I heard that uh, when the I guess the representative from City of Oshawa was at a at a meetup group and he had mentioned that uh, and I said uh, like exactly what you said I said wow that's a real huge game changer because it makes a lot of impossibility possible yeah and that is exciting if somebody can verify that I'm gonna look into that too actually uh, because because really there how many properties do we look at and uh, and see that you know the potential is just not there without, yeah, without turn, going we, into the whole uh, raising the beam or anything like that which right, we can all right. do, but if you can avoid those extra costs, then great. Right. John, amazing. Thanks again. I, I love the, the the main thing I'm taking away is just like it's really not that that difficult this this business, right? And uh, if you can do this in in uh, eleven months, is that right? Twelve months. Well, you know, fourteen. Basically, months. basically, I think uh, you know people just got to take more action. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Right. Um. You know, you got to be willing to have some faith and just go for it. And anyone sitting on the fence about getting involved in real estate, I mean, you're pretty great proof here that that you just got to jump in full on and just go for it. You yeah. can you can screw up a lot of things. It's hard to it's really is pretty hard to lose in real estate. Um, yeah, yeah. As long as you get your fundamentals down, that's pretty much it. And like I said, you know what? This is uh, this was not all. None of this was premeditated. I mean, my wife and I, we talked about real estate, and I, w I wasn't really even interested in real estate until I got into it, and I realized, wow, this is awesome. This is so fun. I could, I could do this as a retirement and make tons of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when are you going to quit your job then? You know, this is the, this is the funniest thing is, you know, I did this, and I actually told my wife, I said, you know what, um, a couple more properties, you could quit your job, and she doesn't want to. <laughs> I said, okay, oh, well, you know what, that, that's good, because as far as I can say, that's more money for me. And I don't have to worry about kids <laughs> spending. Um, but you know what? It's it's added security. It's great if we if one of us either loses our jobs, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sweat it at all. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, I might not even go back to my job. Thank you, John. Thank you for having Very, me, guys. 
Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Sir. All right. Uh, again, before we let everybody go, if anyone's looking for an awesome investor agent in the hot Oshawa area, uh, you can reach me at 289-927-0464. I'm throwing out the phone number first time. Nice. Uh, Sandy, you got a you got a uh, contact? Yeah, don't call me for Oshawa stuff. Uh, Hamilton, though. <laughs> I'll hit up Hamilton all day long. 416-567-3866. Yeah, if you want to reach out and talk about Hamilton investment opportunities, uh, I'd love to help out. And if you didn't catch those phone numbers, you can just reach us at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca the same way as everyone's been doing for the last few years. So thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you. John, that was absolutely amazing. You See, like I it? told I told you, Sandy. Yeah, that's crazy. But we never talked about the skyping. No, no, I didn't want to. Like, I'm going to talk about that on another yeah. show. Sandy, did did you ever tell Sandy that? Uh, I might have. Sandy, yeah. did I tell you? Uh, I I Skype walked John through a property and he bought it. Uh, I don't think I heard that. Although I've done the same. I've Facetimed someone. Yeah. Through yeah. and they bought it. Yeah. Well, they bought it with a condition on, on inspection, like a one-day inspection condition or something. Ah, see, we one-upped you there. Well, so you've done the Skyping, eh? Similar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you know what? Once you get to – I mean, first of all, you have to trust your uh, – like, I, mean, oh, I, yeah. tru- I trust uh, Rob, right? Um, but, you know, if he shows me the place, like, yeah, I, I, you know. So. Once someone knows what you like and you've done a, yeah. a couple deals maybe with a realtor, I think – the realtor is, is unless they're an idiot, they're not going to sell you a property that you hate. Because yeah, yeah, that gonna, wouldn't do very well, would it? I know there are there are probably some realtors that would. Yet yeah, they're mm. good ones. <laughs> good ones understand the value of that relationship long term, right? So why would they, why would they tell you to do something stupid like that? So if it makes sense and you can see it, good enough, right? And it all looks good, then why not go for it? Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is a good strategy or not, but I mean, I I was walking Tom through that property over you know um what a couple days ago and uh and i I, like tom's smart guy he's not gonna buy anything he doesn't like and there's certainly no way i could trick him into or talk him into anything but you know as soon as i don't like a property as soon as i'm like "Eh, this isn't this isn't what you're looking like as soon as i get that thought this isn't what these guys are looking for then i just I, i i point out everything wrong with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would rather them not buy it uh, and go find something that works for sure, you know. But you know what? In this in this market, um, you know, I'm 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 fortunate to have you, right? Because um, not all realtors are the same. I mean, I I really don't need a realtor that has the experience of uh, investment properties because I can walk them through that. But it's it's more than that. I realize it's more than that. It's you know you get me you get me deals where you know avoiding bidding wars, right? Yeah. Like uh, the last two properties, I didn't have to get into bidding war. How great is that? That was. Yeah. So like. I mean, Although the last one a little less so than the other. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but oh well, yeah. it's still making me money at the end of the day. Like so. So I don't care. <laughs>